This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Introducing the Lowe's List for Innovation. While our aisles are filled with innovative products, we've selected our favorites just for you. Like the exclusive Whirlpool washer with industry-first two-in-one removable agitator. We love this washer because you can customize any load. And with other smart features to streamline your laundry routine, this product is a must-have for families. Shop the full Lowe's list of top picks at Lowe's.com. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. U.S. only. Study. This is Ken McCusick. Today, joined by Voss from Baltimore Beatdown. Voss, how are you doing? I am surviving, Ken. How are you? Uh, same thing. It's a uh, it's weird, surreal world we're walking through here, but uh, hopefully football is going to normalize things in, a, in just over a month at this point. That wouldn't, be, wouldn't that be great? That would uh, definitely give us something to look forward to, a little ray of sunshine. Yeah, there you go. But uh, Voss is an uh, editor at Baltimore Beatdown, and uh, uh, we're here to talk today, uh, preview the Ravens 2020 running back situation. Uh, Voss, if it's just a weird thing. I mean, at, at camp, you guys uh, are, have uh, people going to that in, in a few weeks, or what's your, uh, your, your situation at Beatdown, or do they have even told you yet in terms of when you can go to a camp first? We are still undecided, uh, just like uh, a lot of other things going on right now. There's a lot of unknown. Okay, sure thing. Understood. Uh, so let's get right to the running backs here. The Ravens obviously 
have right now some apparent great depth at running back with a four-headed monster that includes the new J.K. Dobbins. Uh, we'll start wherever you want in terms of an individual, uh, but why don't, why don't you take us through on your, in terms of your list and your thoughts on each player, and I'll kind of respond as you go. Sure. So Mark Ingram, I do expect him to maintain his role as a lead back. Going to be entering his 10th year in 2020. Just a very well-rounded tailback. He has the balance, the power, the vision. Very good in pass protection. Really impressive last year to me was his receiving ability. Nine and a half yards per catch to go along with five touchdowns. Wasn't quite expecting that kind of production through the air. But uh, I think he's poised for a good year, perhaps his last in Baltimore. Yeah, it, it seems likely. It's certainly a, a very elusive as a receiver, which it was the big surprise to me. I mean, you, you expect a, a good catch rate from a running back, but he, he actually had about the best year he's ever had, catching 26 of 29 balls last year. Uh, starting to have a little bit of tread wear, obviously. Came to the Ravens with kind of the... the um, tag as not being a high tread wear back in his first eight years in the league with New Orleans, where he, he never carried the ball over 230 times. Uh, another 202 carries piled on, so the number is actually fairly consistent to his top seasons there, but uh, definitely starting to pile up the tread wear at age 30. Sure. That 30 seems to be the magic number for a lot of running backs. Not a whole lot recently that have put up productive seasons beyond that age, except for maybe Adrian Peterson. Yeah, is there there are only those rare backs, uh, you know, Frank Gore and a, and a few others that you can name that uh, that really make it past that. But uh, sometimes the, the the total carries are are a number. But whatever the case, I think you're probably right that given a few factors, this is likely his last season at Baltimore. So, uh, you know, mostly the fact that the Ravens have a, a lot of enormous contracts coming due, and he will be in the third year of his contract. This year, he's, I think, the 14th highest running back paid in the entire NFL. I didn't realize he was that high. Um, yeah, you know, just all running backs have uh, not very many making big money these days. So uh, even a moderate contract such as Ingram's still rates pretty highly. It's kind of surprising, isn't it, that, that running backs who used to be players who, who would make more marquee money um, it looks like Marlon Humphrey's dad advising him to stop playing running back, which apparently he really loved, and play corner. Some really sage advice there. Definitely, definitely. I mean, number one, they used to run the ball more than they do now. But more importantly than that, it's to some degree a replaceable position. There's just so there's such an abundance of capable backs throughout the league. Just look at the Ravens in recent years. Um, Justin Forsett comes to mind, someone you can just pick up and put, plug in and puts up a Pro Bowl year. Even um, the uh, Raheem Mostert, who was a Ravens return man at one point, uh, was on his way to carrying San Fernando Super Bowl last year after bouncing around the league. So they're not impossible to find for sure. No, and the Ravens, uh, it's <laughs> it's not just Forsett. I mean, Gus Edwards, they, you know, they, they they brought in at no cost. They, you know, Collins was a cast off of another team. Uh, they had all all three of the guys who were practice squad guys, I think, in 18, all ended up making the, the league. And I'm trying to remember who the third guy was, but Mark Thompson was up very briefly, and he looked pretty good in camp. I thought Edwards was probably the last of them in terms of the guy who would be brought up. And and there was a, there's another one, too, though. Do you remember who I'm talking about? Um, 
I think he played for the Florida Gators, but I can't recall his name. Thompson, maybe? Okay, my, that's Mark uh, Thompson. I, I don't recall. I don't okay. recall. All right, but anyway, Ravens very much have used a style-for-style exchange of running backs over these last few years and, and done very well with it in terms of the system and, and certainly kind of underscores the point that it was true even when they had Flacco to you know pick up a back like Collins or a back like Forsett before that, but that it's really a matter of how that player fits in with your other offensive players and, and, uh, and not just about that back. There's a much less variation in terms of uh, the result based on the back. Sure, that makes a lot of sense. They had a Tyler Irvin was out at camp last year for the Ravens. He was formerly of Houston, probably not a great fit, similar skill set to uh, to Hill actually, and he ended up bouncing around a couple of teams and he was taking uh, carries for Green Bay in the playoffs last year, believe it or not. <laughs> so, it's uh, it's one just a devalued position. Not much more you can say. Yeah, definitely a a. a uh... One of the things I always point to with it is that it's a size and shape position that that is more common. So you end up with a lot of a lot of players uh, uh, doing the job. But anyway, nobody wants to pay for it anymore. Mark Ingram, I think, is more of a special back that you pay for some of the things. One of the great things about Mark is his ability to work with the mesh point with Lamar Jackson. It really did a much better job of it than even Gus Edwards in 2018. Definitely, definitely, uh, just that immediate rapport with Lamar. Um, and I know there's a lot of uh, practice that goes into that and one to pull and one to let go and that sort of thing. But uh, definitely one of uh, DaCosta's best uh, signings last year for sure. Definitely worked out. All right, well, the, the exciting new back, of course, on the team, J.K. Dobbins. Uh, we would certainly expect, I think, at some point that he'll take over as the number one back. Thoughts on him? I think he has a roughly a similar skill set to Ingram. Not quite as powerful. Um, definitely, I think it's hard. Tacklers will bounce off of him, but he's not necessarily going to drop a shoulder and run over them as Ingram does. But he has better, much better breakaway speed. Um, it's a scaled-down offseason, obviously. Most of the rookies are expected to kind of have slow starts, but Dobbins does bring a lot of experience on option runs. He was uh, out there for Ohio State beside probable top three overall pick Justin Fields in the next draft, doing a lot of the RPOs and zone reads, um, and also had plenty of carries from the shotgun alignments, which should give him some familiarity with Greg Roman's pistol formations. Yeah, that's a very big deal. I, I, I think it's different for every player. I mean, Ingram, very adaptable to what Lamar does. I mean, one of the things I heard as a quote, it's like it couldn't be more on the money with what you want to do your back. Said uh, Mark Ingram said, it's, I, I don't care how late he does it as long as he comes out strong. But I think that's the problem is at some point a back tenses up and collapses the cage on that football and, and takes off with it when the quarterback isn't really ready to release it yet. Lamar really needs time to work through the leverage on that outside defender to pull at exactly the right time. It's his special gift, and if he can't use his special gift, the Ravens are lesser for it. So what Ingram did was, uh, was so special. But I agree, Dobbins, he, he's... He's certainly had experience in similar systems where they had to hand off the ball in that manner, so he should be uh, uh, better than a normal street guy, at least in, in those terms. Definitely, and I don't think the Ravens could be wrong, obviously, but I don't think the Ravens went into the draft saying we want to take a running back on day two after they have Ingram, obviously, uh, Gus for the uh, RFA tender, and then they took Hill in the third round. 
the previous year, but Dobbins was just a perfect, perfect fit for what they're trying to do, and and the value apparently was too good to pass up. Yeah, that's that was an interesting, interesting pick, and interesting, you know, three rounds of selections for the Ravens. Obviously, they had a bunch of picks. That I guess six picks in the first three rounds, as it turned out, but one and two and four threes, or one and two and three threes. I'm forgetting exactly now, but they included in there inside linebacker, running back, inside linebacker in, in terms of uh, Dobbins with Queen and Harrison. And to me, that's three positions where the NFL, I'm not sure the Ravens needed to pay a premium at inside linebacker. Uh, now, they, they, they got Queen at 28. I'm sure they think they got value with that. They got Harrison at 98. I'm sure they think they got value with that. It, it, it's just a, a set of value selections that surprised me by position relative to what the Ravens have done in the past. Uh, I don't want to take us too far off topic. One of the advantages, I think, of the Ravens having all pros and pro bowlers at pretty much every single premium position, and most of them are young guys, is that they can have a meat and potatoes draft as as the Costa just did. But long term now, you're thinking, are they going to now have a top-heavy roster allocation by locking all these guys up? or? Or are they going to end up having a reach to fill a premium position in future drafts because they didn't in this in this last one? You're talking about like an outside linebacker or something because they didn't take an edge rusher, right? Correct. Exactly. Yeah, I, I agree. That's that's a question that comes up. Certainly, addressing uh, cap concerns and who your cornerstone players are is a, is a significant concern. I, I don't want to go too far afield either. We've talked about those topics some on the, on this show, of course, but uh, it's it's the good problem to have. When your franchise is, is kicking the hell out of the draft and you end up with a bunch of guys who are all coming due in, in a year or all coming due over the course of a couple of years, it puts you in the position to choose between your cornerstone players. And that's the position to be in. A lot of other teams, they don't have any choice. And they have to maybe get the guy who's an 84 or a 92% choice of, of what they would want in terms of the cornerstone player that they keep and maybe overpay him. And the Ravens just are not in that position. They'll they'll make choices, and they'll actually, you know, maybe in a position where they offer a deal to one guy and then offer a deal to another guy, and it's whoever would take the the, the deal that's, uh, um, you know, that, that makes him a 105 or a 110, and not and not a 95. Sure, but great place to be in when you have too many great players and you and you don't know who to choose from. Really, just another quick tangent. I hope they get the season in here because it's not very often where any team has two All Pros. In, in what my mind are the two most important positions on the field, quarterback and exactly. cornerback, both of them returning on rookie deals at the same time. I mean, that, that's very rare, and I think this may be the best roster they, they may ever have because of that. Quite, quite possible. And left tackle as well. I mean, a, you know, a huge important position, obviously, that, they're, uh, that they have. They have, cheap, they have cheap players at so many positions here, but it's a historically cheap offense. It is. It is the in terms of the quality of of uh, the offense as measured by points per drive and comparing that to the cap they have invested in. It's an unbelievable return, the highest of all time. And I just it's one of these situations that you're right. It does not occur very often. I, I want to take us back from the generalities here. Although this is great discussion, and and I love doing this with you, Voss. But but to to Dobbins stylistically as a back, you mentioned his power. Um, and I think that one of the things Dobbins brings that's a little different from Ingram is the ability and more of a likelihood to spin away from contact, which I don't really associate with Ingram as much. I associate Ingram much with 
more of a Jamal Lewis straight ahead back who liked to take shorter steps to power through a hit rather than turning through a hit. Sure. Uh, Dobbins, I've heard you make the comparison to Ray Rice before, and I certainly co-sign with the jump cuts and and just all he brings to the table. He's a very well-rounded player, pretty good in pass protection for a rookie as well, which is important to get on the field. Um, Yeah, I think he brings a lot to the table and certainly going to want to be or projected to be the lead back at least by 2021, if not this coming season. I think you kind of got to you kind of got to figure out what you have very quickly with Dobbins. You don't have the extra time that you would have with another player. Dobbins also, you know, it comes with some of the red flags of the treadwear in college, mm-hmm. uh, with as many carries as he had. I, you know, it's one of the things about a two thousand yard back in college is, I'm I'm immediately skeptical about workload. Mm-hmm. That, that, you know, and, and he's he has carried the ball a ton at Ohio State, and it is a legitimate question. I think that that you have a guy who's who's had uh, so many carries coming into his first NFL season. Strategically, I think it makes some sense to pick a running back on day two every three years, basically, and stagger it that way. The real the real uh, fatal flaw is, is when they have the second con- the big second contracts that almost never, ever work out. Right. It's very much where Mark Ingram actually is right now. It's, and, you know, unusually, the Ingram contract has worked out as a free agent deal, but it's usually a free agent running backs that you sign for a lot of money, certainly, mm-hmm. typically do not work out. Yeah, we'll see how Derrick Henry plays out down in Tennessee, but that was one of his uh, eyebrow raisers. Yeah, very much, very much. Well, let's move on here. Gus Edwards, you couldn't have had two more seasons identical as what he's done in 2018 and 19 from a running back. Very efficient uh, running back. Um, very adept at avoiding negative plays. He's, I think, the ideal fourth quarter finisher type where you, you have a lead and you just want to salt the clock away. And, and that's what Guts brings you. He keeps you in, in manageable down in distances. He does not offer much as a receiver, however. Um, I like Gus. I don't know if he's going to be kept around. I guess it, maybe it depends on what his contract demands are uh, this coming off offseason. Um, I don't expect him to have very much trade value, again, because they're so abundant. So I think the Ravens are probably going to keep all four coming into this year. Uh, but I think Gus can be an effective player. Well, this year he's an exclusive rights free agent, so he makes third-year money, and it's he makes scale effectively. And as a okay. as a non-drafted um, uh, player, uh, you know, he, he basically is without rights this year. Next year, he'll be a, a RFA, and so he, if the Ravens want to keep him for sure, they'll have to pay him about $3 million. I would guess it's very dependent on what happens this year. If he has a year like he has the last two, they'll probably pay him $3 million and, and and put a second-round tender on him, and, the, and no one will take him, I'm, I'm fairly sure, for an exchange for a second-round pick. But it, it's the, he's the kind of player who they get value of uh, in the fourth year very effectively. Uh, I, you know, I, 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 I'm probably with you that I don't think it's a 100% chance he'll be a Raven next year, but I think it's pretty high still given who he is and, and, and how the Ravens approach these, these kind of contracts very practically. No, you're absolutely right. My mistake. I thought this was his RFA year. I should have double-checked that before we jumped on here. But, yes, for an RFA tender, I think he, especially if we're expecting Ingram to be – uh, take that cap savings. Um, yeah, Gus should stick around. Uh, 
one of the things I was interested in doing a fantasy episode recently is that after Gus Edwards' two years, you know, 718, then 711 yards, 5.2, then 5.3 yards per carry. He's had, I think, two touchdowns each year. And all of a sudden now he's projected for about 300 yards rushing, 300 and change. And that's a <laughs> consensus graphic. Now, obviously, the Ravens have a lot of uh, are top heavy with with some good backs. But boy, it, that's that's a, that's not a lot of love. Uh, I personally wouldn't put too much stock into uh, the fantasy. Uh, and I play fantasy football. I play in a couple uh, well-established leagues with with uh, deep leagues. And uh, for for uh, for whatever it's worth, the fantasy football community was enamored with Justice Hill this time last year. They just don't like Gus for whatever reason. He doesn't. He's not a flashy player, I guess. But I think uh, I expect more than 300 yards this coming year. The other projection that was kind of interesting. They had Dobbins projected for about 200 less yards than Ingram, and it was like 500 and change versus 700 and change were the were the expected numbers. So it's very, you know it's very much a consensus and average of everybody's kind of a uh, projections of what the player would be. But Dobbins had was drafted at almost the exact same time on average per league. So there's there's definitely the feeling that Dobbins gives you more of the home run potential at running back. Um, than Ingram does, and I think that's that's realistic in terms of, uh, and I don't play fantasy football, but but in terms of just looking at Dobbins and Ingram, if Dobbins does take over the number one, he could have a very big year. Whereas I don't think Ingram is going to put up a fifteen hundred yard year. I, I I just don't see that in the cards at all. Agreed, agreed. Apparently Dobbins recently has been a uh, has overtaken Ingram in uh, in fantasy drafts, at least in some of the the expert leagues. Um, I, honestly, from a fantasy perspective, this whole backfield is pretty much a stay away from me because you never know which which player is going to have the hot hand in what game, and, and I don't want to deal with that mess. I'd rather have an established, uh, you know, instead of such a deep committee. Right there, you go. You don't want a guys a bunch of guys running for forty five yards. That's really good with Jackson running for eighty right. and, and and not getting paid off for it. Right, Lamar's the better pick there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else about Gus we need to talk about before we move on? I I mean I think we know who he is at this point. He's a he's a good solid a good solid player. Um, but if he was forced into a starting role, I think uh, you'd see maybe what ten percent less uh, production than Ingram, something of the sort. Okay. All right. That's that seems reasonable. Uh, I thought he did a lot better with the mesh point this year, which is which was a big step up for him. I mean, obviously, the Ravens had fumbling problems in 2018. It wasn't all Lamar, although some of it was him. And, and he and Edwards did not seem to be perfect in terms of the understanding exactly how to handle the exchange. Definitely. That's a big improvement for sure. I noticed that as well. All right. Um, Justice Hill, kind of a disappointing year to me in 2019. 18, sorry, 2019 as a rookie. And, and the, the, it didn't really come as a runner because I wasn't expecting him to carry the ball a ton. But as a receiver, he didn't look that good. Eight receptions and 15 targets is not good for a running back. Uh, you know, Obviously, some of that's on the quarterback, but some of it's on Hill as well in terms of not putting himself in a good position to make a reception. I was also disappointed. We were out of training camp last year, and he looked like an ascending player. That was going to make a big impact. He put a juke move on, was it, yeah, Miles Jack during the joint practice with Jacksonville. 
that uh, they had everybody drooling last year out of camp. And I thought that he was going to make a bigger impact on swing passes, especially. Um, I did notice that, uh, I don't know if they was um, they were kind of keying in, but when he entered the game quite a few times, you'd have the corner kind of drop down to the flat. He, he seemed to be able to make the first man miss, but there was always a game coming for him. He didn't quite have that that big breakaway um, play that we it seemed like he was on the cusp a few times, just didn't quite get there. Yeah, I, I, I know what you mean, and I think this is something that might be Roman tries to address it. And obviously, they're gonna they're gonna try and get the ball in the hands of their dangerous playmakers in space. It's really why they put so much speed around Jackson in 2019. They put even more with Duvernay and Prochet and players like that in 2020 and Dobbins. Um, I think they're gonna they're, they're gonna move to more packages as opposed to more um, uh, no huddle. So mm-hmm. so the Raven you can you can run it either way. You basically have the two choices, and we talked about this on the show, so I don't want to go into too much depth in this, but you can either run the no huddle to tire out an opposing defense, which means you put the same 11 on the field, or you do what the Saints have done for years, and you, you shift out your five skill position guys, and you don't, it doesn't have to be all five, but three out of five, four out of five, fairly consistently on a play-by-play basis, so that you're consistently bringing fresh legs into the game. And I think that's Justice Hill's best chance to get on the field, to get the ball in his hands and be explosive um, in, in some of those packages when they have a lot of multiple looks and, you know, the Ravens have had one of their classic four or five minute drives. It's just starting. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you know, Hill gets the football and they've, everybody already had their hands on their hips and, and, and is tired now chasing after him. That yeah, makes a lot of sense, especially in the beginning of the season when uh, conditioning may not be up to par, considering there is no preseason this year. I would like to see Hill involved a little bit more in the screen game. Uh, that's something our colleague at, at Baltimore Beatdown, Spencer Schultz, has uh, illustrated a few times that, that Roman could do, a, you know, just maybe elevate the offense a little bit with the screen game. And, and Hill is is probably the best man to do it with, although Dobbins has great receiving ability as well. Um, Hill is not as instinctual of a runner as the other three, but he probably has the most juice out of the backfield, I'd say. Yeah. I, I, I really loved what we saw from Hill in the final week against Pittsburgh because we saw more of that power run. I think a six-yard TD against Pittsburgh in that final mm-hmm. game, they might have broken three tackles. You know, it, you've got a just an abundance of power with these backs in terms of guys who can break tackles. I mean, one to four, all of them really have that ability if, when you could justice in that last uh, that last week. Yeah, week 17 against Pittsburgh, Ingram and Lamar are both sitting out. Pittsburgh has their entire defense, except for, I believe, two it was injured. But they had their entire starting defense, week 17, and they were one of the best defenses in the league. And Gustin Hill combined for 169 yards and a score on five and a half yards per attempt without Lamar in the game. So uh, there's a lot of ability in this backfield for sure. Uh, very, very exciting. And, 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 you know, Pittsburgh had everything on the line in that game. And they came to Baltimore and they got embarrassed by a team of backups, 28 to 10. And uh, it, it just, it was great. He had, t- he had 10 for 39 in the game. It wasn't a, an over the top flashy performance. He only caught one or two balls so nothing it wasn't anything special there, but uh, you know, the power he showed in that game. And, and, you know, you mentioned it working with RG three, you just don't have the same advantage that you do working with uh, working with Lamar, obviously. So impressive game, and uh, and really happy to see that from him to, to end the regular season. So overall, one through four, 
I'd say probably the deepest position on the team outside of maybe cornerback. I think at least on the offensive side of the ball, it is the deepest position. And in a way, the Ravens were three deep at tight end last year. They traded the Hurst pick, Hurst into a pick, I should say. That turned into Dobbins, and now running back's their deepest position. Yeah. Are you at all worried about tight end at this point, given the – uh, the injury to Breland, the loss of Hurst. You know, I, I still think that the Andrews situation, I hope it's resolved in terms of him playing this year. I don't think there's any Raven who would really like to sit out this season, given who the Ravens are, but you never know. I, I, I think that the Ravens could use another player at tight end, potentially maybe Delaney Walker. I think he's still unsigned. He, uh, I thought he was a great player ever since he, uh, really had a great game in the 2012 Super Bowl when he was playing for San Fran way back when. He's getting a little long in the tooth now. Um, and if not tight end, then, then maybe a receiver and maybe even a trade for somebody because I think that that's the only place where the Ravens don't have deep, deep depth is is if they're getting to a negative game script and they need to play catch up and they need somebody to make a play. They have obviously Hollywood and Boykin and Andrews and a little bit unproven behind them. That's right. They depend so heavily on that play-action game. If they are down two touchdowns, it, it, that becomes less valuable to them. I, I, I would agree they need a playmaker. I, I'm, I'm a little bit I, – I, I hear the talk about Walker, but I'm not really that excited about signing. He's six days away from his 36th birthday, mm-hmm. and he's been targeted only 38 times total in the last two years after four consecutive 100-yard target seasons at Tennessee so – 100 target seasons at Tennessee. So I don't think he's the guy – at this point, uh, but uh, but we'll see. Maybe you know he's he obviously can do a lot of different things, and that's something that Roman can certainly find value. Roman had just been remarkable in the way he's used everybody in this offense, but the running back group for certain. Definitely, I think they'll, they'll probably be okay at tight end. Even uh, Charles Scarf, he looked pretty good at camp last year, and that's one of those positions where sometimes you can kind of find a gem. And, uh, and polish them up a little bit. And, I mean, the Ravens have a long history of having of finding contributing tight ends. Yeah, there you go. And, and certainly, uh, you know, with Scarf, they have a player with four years of cheap contract looking ahead at, whereas any player that they pick up, including Adams, is only going to be cheap for one year. Uh, so he, Adams really has to be a lot better than Scarf in order to be the guy that they pick. If they were close to equivalent in terms of players in 2020, I think they'd, they'd certainly take Scarf. Definitely makes sense. Scarf is a he can he's pretty good in the passing game. He needs to work on his blocking a little bit. All right, all right. Um, bring it back to the to the running backs. Uh, what do you expect out of the Ravens in terms of total mix of pass and run plays in 2020? Would you expect more passes? About the same. How do how do you think about it? I do expect more passes, um, not significantly more, but but a little bit of a step up. There's really nowhere to go but up. They were the uh, the league low in pass attempts last season, and just by the law of averages, you don't necessarily expect so many dominating first halves where the teams are are forced into catch-up mode and the Ravens are just trying to put the game away. Obviously, DaCosta spent a lot of the offseason – his priority was uh, bolstering the run defense. So um, that's an indication maybe that the Ravens are in store for a few more close games. And if that's the case, then they will be passing a little bit more in the fourth quarter. 
All right. And if you had to take a guess on how the the carries would be split buyback, you want to take a cut at that? It can be high level. It can be at whatever level you like. Uh, I mean, I'll take a stab with the low confidence level, but I would say Ingram 35% down from 51% last year. It's maybe about 12 touches a game. Dobbins 30%, Gus 20%, and Hill 10 Uh So... Something along those lines. That actually doesn't add up to 100, does it? Let's go 40% for Ingram. Um, All right. It doesn't have to add up to 100 if it's too low because you, it might be somebody else you know, taking some carries, obviously, if, if there's injuries and uh, you know if somebody has to get in there for a game even. I, maybe 25% for Gus. 35, 30, 25, 10. Okay. And I'm going to leave 5% of the carries uh, untaken. And I'm going to give 25% to Ingram, 35% to Dobbins. I think he'll take over as the feature back during the year at some point. And about 20 to 25 to Gus and 5 to 10 for Justice Hill. All right. Okay. Um, let's see. What else would we like to talk about? Anything uh, overarching points about the running backs you'd like to hit on before we uh, wrap it up here, Voss? Well, I think that the um... – I expect a very productive season. I mean, they're in a great system. They have a great line, obviously benefited very much by Lamar Jackson and the threat that he poses on every single play. And I think the Ravens are going to continue to lead the league in rushing. Will they uh, set another record? I think it maybe depends if they play 16 games or not, but uh, we'll find out. Yeah, one of the things about years like this is I, I think it's very rare that records get set. I was really looking forward to a few things from the Ravens, uh, one of them being a drier year that might improve what Jackson had done. Obviously, they had a very wet game in Seattle, wet game against San Francisco. They had a very windy game against Buffalo, and they had another wet one. Pittsburgh, oh, 17. Pittsburgh. There you go. 17 was a wet one. Yep. So that didn't really affect Lamar as much, but it, but yeah, it was a wet one. Um, I remember being out in those stands. That was that was a kind of a miserable day there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Voss, thanks for joining us. Uh, anything you've got to plug on on Baltimore Beatdown right now? Always a pleasure, Ken. Uh, just we're doing some divisional previews right now, starting out in the NFC, doing some previews, some predictions, how we expect the uh, the divisions to shake out, and I'll have a roster prediction out. One of my favorite activities once the the opt-outs are finalized, which apparently is supposed to be later this week. All right. And, uh, you know, we've heard various things about the opt-outs. I saw now that the defensive and offensive line combined, when I looked last night, were at 25 total opt-outs. Cannot help but have a significant impact on depth at the margin of the league at a minimum. It's been my theory that the, the Ravens are now going. And by the way, that tells you, and we need to we need to say this. This is being recorded at 4 p.m. on August 5th, so it may not be out there and and loaded up until about the 10th or the 13th. We're going to save us. So I just want to make sure people know when we're talking and sure. changes will occur before then. But with 25 opt-outs on the offensive and defensive line, I mean, this a lot of the big men in the league are not available. I, in my opinion, we're going to enter the season in a way that is similar to the, the street-level talent is is in the condition of December in a typical year. Absolutely. That makes sense. And the Ravens are very well-stocked with uh, with big men, well-stocked enough that they can move on 
from uh, Daylon Mack without even, uh, I guess, who knows, there must have been something behind the scenes there. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a unusual year, unusual camp. But uh, at the end of the day, I think that probably favors the Ravens with the coaching staff continuity and John Harbaugh at the helm. So at least early in the year. Right, I, I agree. I think that, you know, very well coached team that is very singular of purpose in terms of what they want to get accomplished this year, I think is in, uh, you know, better position to take advantage of the situation, obviously. Anyway, I uh, appreciate you being on, Voss. Uh, I want to also speak to the people out there who'd like to be on a film study short at some point in the future. Uh, send me information on what you'd like to talk about by direct mail. Is uh, sorry, direct message on Twitter is usually the easiest way to start the discussion. I want a focused topic, something we can talk about for 10 to 40 minutes. Give me three bullet points if you could on what you want to talk about. And I almost never refuse anyone. I'd love to hear a variety of opinions on the show and love to get hear your thoughts about the Ravens and, and just discuss it for a few minutes. It's been a good format for us, and uh, we'd like to do more of it. Voss, thanks again for being on the show. My pleasure. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you next time on Film Study. Birdland Sports. For fans, by fans. Find more great shows like this at birdlandsports.com. At Lowe's, we're your go-to for great gardening values every day. That's why we've lowered our price on select bagged mulch, now starting at just $2.88 a bag. Mulch helps prevent weeds and retains moisture, and when you put it down around trees, shrubs, and flower beds, you'll see how beautiful it makes your outdoor space, just in time to welcome back family and friends. Shop online and pick up in-store. Lowe's, home to the best part of summer. Selection and product availability vary by location. While supplies last, U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.